Welcome to Literally, the podcast where we literally take you through the entire process of building a business and creating a lit up life. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach for high-performing women that want to live a lit up life while creating the impact and income they desire in their business. I bring my unique education and expertise to the table to help my clients create big results and move through big blocks. What makes this podcast so unique is that you'll hear one client's weekly coaching sessions for six months. These are recordings of our actual coaching sessions, so you'll see their unique challenges and strategies, their ups and downs, and their wins and losses. You'll also get to hear exactly how I coach them through it. I'm so excited for you to join us on this behind the scenes journey and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first session of season three. I am so, so pumped for you to get to listen to this. I I think you'll absolutely love Rachel. I think that she is bringing something different to the table than either Sam or Monica, which is always what I'm shooting for on this podcast is to try to give you the different journeys and different experiences so that you can see that though we all have many similarities, we also all have our own journey and path and I am so freaking pumped for you to get to see that with Rachel and to learn more about her and her businesses in this episode. So thank you so much for joining us for season three and let's dive in. Awesome. I am so excited. First session. How you feeling? Yay. I feel really good. I'm so excited to get started. Yeah, me too. So obviously it's been a little while since we've kind of spoken connected. So I would love for you to just start with like a brain dump for me. What's going on? All that kind of stuff. Obviously we're in a very weird time right now <laughs> for anybody that wants to know we're recording this on April 8th. So we're like knee-deep in quarantine right now. (laughs) So just give us a rundown. What's going on for you? Definitely. So we work together um, in value-centered sales when the the world was different. Yes. So at that time, I had been – I had stepped away fully from my PR business to really focus on Blissful Budget. My husband had actually been laid off from his job and got a pretty generous severance and then immediately got hired at another job. So we had enough income to cover both of us. So it was sort of an opportunity to really dive in and and focus 100% on, on Blissful Budget. But at the end of the six months when his severance ran out, it, it sort of got to the point where I needed to jump back into PR just to be generating mm-hmm. some income because I really didn't have blissful budget in a place yet where it was generating yeah. consistent income and clients and value centered sales was so helpful um, in generating and I was getting really consistent leads and, and discovery calls, but I sort of decided to step back a little bit Um and restart my PR business, which um, I freelance and I pretty much just subcontract with a couple agencies for that. And that work picked up really, really yeah. fast. Um, and it's also a little frustrating. It's like, why does this <laughs> pick up so fast? But this other thing that I'm really passionate about, this other business is is isn't one of those quick stories that you hear about. Like, oh, I made... 100k in two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not that story for me. So um, I've been getting back into um, 
really looking at my packages and offerings for blissful budget. And, and I never, I didn't close the business. Um, I was still producing content. I actually shifted my focus there more to the blog side of it and worked with actually a woman who is in value centered sales with me. And she's a blog coach and she has been really helpful the past few months, just helping me get, get the blog off the ground and on the content side and sort of technical side of things too. Um, but I'm really ready to jump in, especially now that baby number two is on the way. And yes. um, I'm so, we're so excited. He's due in September. We're having a boy. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. So we already have a two-year-old little girl. Oh, how um, fun. So we'll have one of each. We're really, we're thrilled. I didn't know it so. was a boy. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're super excited, but I also know like having had one already. Um, I really want to be in a place where I can be working more in blissful budget and less on the PR side because PR is really time intensive. It's trading time for money because of the way I'm set up subcontracting. Right. It's hard to bring somebody in to help on that side. Um, so it's really me working in that business all the time. And I just know it, that's not going to be sustainable with with two little ones running around and especially a newborn. And ultimately I would love blissful budget to be a hundred percent what I'm doing. Cause it's really what I'm passionate about. Okay. So something really helpful to point out here is that with Rachel, she's really been bouncing back and forth, right? Between this business in terms of blissful budget and coaching, and then also her PR business. And I think that happens to a lot of people and is really, really normal to have those big ebbs and flows in each one. So that's certainly something we're going to be diving into this season. And then she's also pregnant. So that's really, really cool and really exciting. And I think is really important for all of us to be able to witness that journey as well. I I know I've had several clients who have been pregnant during our work together. And I think that it just certainly changes the way you're thinking about things and how you're showing up and the dynamic. And so being able to see that piece of the journey, but also seeing that it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but can be a really great thing is something that I'm so excited to showcase on this podcast as well. Yeah. So, so I think what you're saying and tell me if this feels true is like you kind of knew PR is like the fast win, so to speak. So it kind of keeps pulling you back in. And you were kind of at a point where uh, with Blissful Budget where there was traction, but then you kind of got pulled away. And what you've really done in the meantime is sort of like build up blog, content, resources, but you haven't really been like actively pushing, selling, whatever in that realm. Is that true? Yeah, that's very true. I haven't been selling at all. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you still have audience, you still have people engaging with you. It's just that like we haven't really like been anything other than a resource for a little bit, but you have been putting out resources. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah, I've been putting out a lot of free content. Um, I also have a Facebook group that's slowly growing, but honestly, I could be doing a lot better there too. I haven't really programmed the Facebook Mm -hmm. group too much. So yeah, I still have followers and and an audience and I've still been putting out my newsletter, um, just not really actively selling um, too much is trying to offer, especially right now, just trying to offer as much value and content as I can. So I think something that's really interesting too um, is both of those t- industries, let's say PR and money management, have just changed pretty vastly overnight with everything that's going on, right? Like mm-hmm. money management is now like 
maybe top of mind for everybody in a way that it wasn't even before, although of course it always is, but I think like so relevant right now. And honestly, PR, right? I think so many people Mm -hmm. are like using this as an opportunity to be like, what can I get featured around? How can I talk about things in my business more? How can we have more conversations, things like that? So does it kind of feel like that's true? Like both of them have changed kind of a lot recently? Yeah, definitely. And I've been lucky on the PR side, the the companies and clients that I'm working with are are really needed right yeah. now. And so it's been really busy. And then I've just been having so many money conversations. I mean, just personally with friends, but then also, you know, comments on some of the content that I'm putting out. I think people are really wishing they had put together emergency yeah. funds. Oh and, God, right? you know, people are thinking more about about planning, hopefully not for the next time this happens, but, you know, planning to get through this and then also to be better prepared in an emergency. For sure. And I feel like it's also highlighting like the value of that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally. So in terms of messaging and conversations right now, what would you say is kind of like the main message we're leading with in terms of blissful budget right now? Oh gosh. Um <laughs> I think this one's this one's Deep hard because I've been looking yeah, I've been looking at my content a lot because of course I had a plan and then I'll and then coronavirus yeah. happened. And so I've really been shifting um lately to how can you be saving money during this time if you have the ability to. I understand a lot of people are out of work, but the, you know, really my audience is, is other entrepreneurs and, and online entrepreneurs. And I think we're all in a very unique position because we've already been doing all our work remotely. Totally. So it's how can we plan better um, in our business? How can we save money for times like this? Um, And then also what are some of the resources out there um, for small businesses right now? And, um, you know, what, what are the loans and, um, grants and things that you can apply for? So I've been on that side, sort of the practical side of things. Um, that's been my messaging, but then I also, you know, my, um, my view on blissful budget is I combine both the practical and the soulful. I'm also a yoga teacher. Um, that's sort of my, my fun side hobby. And so I bring in a lot of that philosophy and that mindset work, um, into, into my money coaching, um, and wealth coaching. So also what are some tools, you know, meditation tools and, and tools to keep centered and keep calm and grounded in this time and not slip into the fear and the lack and scarcity mindset that we can all get into when we're in a situation like this. So Rachel and I are starting this in the beginning of April and, you know, both the industries that she's in, in terms of like budgeting, money, money mindset, and PR have really shifted dramatically with coronavirus. So I think it's going to be really helpful and interesting to see what those shifts have looked like and just to be able to see her adapt to that change, but also see what remains the same. I think that this is a really interesting time that we're in. And I think that so many things have kind of gotten turned upside down overnight. So many industries have shifted. Certainly the conversation around money and budgeting has shifted for a lot of people. I think PR is, you know, a very, very interesting space right now too, in terms of 
what expertise we're looking for. Obviously, Rachel's in a great situation where a lot of her clients can really contribute right now. But I just want to point out that that is going to be something that we're going to keep paying attention to this season is how those industries have shifted and how they will continue to shift as this situation unfolds. Obviously, none of us know exactly what that's going to look like. Certain by the time you're listening to this, that things will have evolved even more. But I think it's just really about being in the place where you can adapt to those changes. And that's the most important thing we're going to be doing this season. I love it. Okay, so I think the thing that's unique about Blissful Budget, and you tell me if this feels true, is like it's kind of the combination of the money mindset and the practical. And I think that's different because like most people are very one way or the other. Like you're either either getting like a Mm -hmm. very practical strategic budget or you're like getting total like woo money mindset and you're sort of like Mm -hmm. the bridge. Does that feel true? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of ideal client, you said, you know, like entrepreneurs, that kind of thing. Um, Has that been the people you've been having conversations with? Is it really just like everyone is kind of reaching out at that point, at this point? Like what feels like what's happening right now in terms of audience? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's been everyone um, just because of the nature of of what I do um, in yoga in the yoga world, I've gotten a lot of folks who work in sort of the, on the more woo side <laughs> of things, um, you know, tarot readers and, and yoga teachers and studio owners and things like that. Um, so I'm really trying to shift. I love them and I want to keep working with them, but then also, you know, shift more into the online entrepreneurial space and speak more to that audience. Cause I don't feel like I'm really getting them yet. Um, and I think part of that too was a lot of what I was doing before. Um, I mean, I was selling online, but also I was doing a lot of local networking events and stuff like that. So I was sort of pulling in that local audience. Um, so I'd like to do more to attract that the online entrepreneur. Yeah. So something that comes up for me that I think is really interesting is that Um, I feel like some of the mentality in the online entrepreneur space, maybe like up until this point, has just always been like, just make more. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like the budget conversation is never there, but it's so interesting and so relevant because I know so many people who uh, have – I mean, literally, I know people who have seven-figure businesses that are taking home – next to nothing a month because Mm -hmm. it's just that mentality of keep spending, keep making it, but like they're not Mm -hmm. spending it in a way that makes any sense, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. But anyway, my point in saying that is that I feel like if if nothing else, this really showed the value of money management and savings in your business. Mm -hmm. Because if you have that on lock, you're making it through this time. And if you don't, we're having a whole different conversation. And honestly, like most businesses would never have even thought to plan for something like this, right? Right. I mean, I think most of us would never have thought to plan for something like this. (laughs) Heck no, right? Yeah. So it's like a new conversation in a way or bringing Mm -hmm. new clarity to why that's important, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I also think something that's happening in the online entrepreneur space is that, you know, to your point, like a lot of us are still really functioning well because we're kind of built for this in a way, but many of their spouses and things like that are being impacted. So now like the business that was just like 
able to make what it made kind of thing really has more pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. To be bringing home a certain amount versus like to be able to keep reinvesting in a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that that puts a lot of pressure on too when all of a sudden um, you have to make money in your business. And so you're selling from this place of scarcity rather than this very grounded place. Um, And I mean, I experienced that myself when my husband's severance ran out and we were sort of, we had some savings, but I don't like burning through our savings. (laughs) So I felt like I was myself selling from that place of like, oh God, I need to get clients instead of a more open, detached sort of way. I love that. So the the basic messaging and conversation is basically like how to be saving now, how to plan better in your business, how to find the right resources, how to stay in the right mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So right now, like where is that messaging happening? Like where would you say you're po- – I know you mentioned blog, but just give me a little rundown of all the places that that's happening right now. Yeah. So I have the blog. I have – Um, most of my audience is active more on Instagram, um, than Facebook. So I really put most of my, um, content planning around Instagram and then kind of repost to my Facebook page. I also have the Facebook group, but honestly, I could be doing a better job there. And then I really haven't been engaged or active in other Facebook groups. And I think that's definitely something I want to look at is, how I can get my message out there and other groups, especially that's, you know, are the audience that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that's a big area of opportunity that I've just felt a little overwhelmed (laughs) about reaching out to. Yeah. So I think um, something that's really helpful to see there just in terms of how you're mentioning that is like, you're creating so much great content. It's just not reaching other places right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because that is such a frustration point I feel f- and see for so many people, right? Like where it's like, wait, I'm producing a lot, but where is it going? Right. Right. Like it's just serving the people in front of me, which is great, but it's like that's hard to grow a business off of, right? Yes. Totally. So I think that's a huge – piece of this and that feels like the the first gap that we would start with is like how do we get this mm-hmm. message a lot more places right now does that feel true yeah that feels true um also you know i feel like i'm at a, an, an advantage because of my pr background i've done a good job in the past of getting on podcasts and um, i've had a couple been a guest author on a couple articles and so i feel like there's opportunity there too and that's pretty easy for me to do just because i already have that background and i know how to pitch somebody and so i feel like if i'm creating all this content anyway that's also an opportunity to get some of it out there a hundred percent so um you know podcast articles that kind of thing but then also you mentioned other facebook groups Mm -hmm. and i honestly couldn't agree more with that Mm -hmm. I think those groups are more active now than ever. Mm-hmm. And I think I have not seen anyone with your message in them. Great. And you're already creating the freaking content, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like free Facebook ads. And I know like so many people are going to want to fight me on that uh, in terms of like, <laughs> you know, there, there's more to it than that. But in the sense of like it's a curated audience that's going to see your stuff. Like that's how I mean it, right? And so mm-hmm. there's a curated community of already 
online business owners who do want to make money, who are interested in how they're getting through this time, et cetera, et cetera. Like for you to just put that content in front of them could make the biggest difference. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. A trap that I see a lot of entrepreneurs fall into is that they're creating great content, but they're not sharing it anywhere other than their own space or platform. So they're not getting on other podcasts, they're not getting in Facebook groups, they're not using great hashtags, they're not getting it out in front of other people in a really strategic and targeted way. And what that can leave you with and what happens a lot is feeling like you're doing a ton of work and not seeing the results you want. So you're creating all this content, but not enough people yet are in your space or consuming it. And so then it just feels like you're working a lot minus the growth and reward. And so one of the first things I'm always encouraging clients to do is put content multiple places, get in front of other people's audiences, because that's how you end up growing yours right? And that's how the content starts to work for you and feel worth it. So that not only does it convert the people that are already following you, but it brings new followers in really consistently. So that is something we are absolutely going to focus on with Rachel. And if you are someone that feels like, man, that's right. I'm creating a lot of content, but it's not going anywhere. I really challenge you to look at that because it will make a huge difference in your business. So with that being said, like, obviously there's just so much we could do there, but let's step back for one second and just be like, what time do we have to do things like that? So we make sure that we're doing it in a reasonable way because you're obviously balancing um, effectively two businesses right now. So just tell me like what time looks like. You know, you also have a little one at home. You have a husband at home right now. Like just give me a little rundown. Yeah, we're um, really tag team parenting right now. Um, So I try to get – I usually have to get my PR work done during normal business hours. And I mean, some days that's just three hours and some days I feel like I'm at the computer for eight hours. Um, but then blissful budget usually happens either during nap time, which is two to three hours in the middle of the day. And then at night after, after bedtime. And right now I'm okay with working like that. Um, I know eventually that's going to have to change and shift, but I would say I probably have like two to three hours a day really to focus on blissful budget and then maybe an extra hour or two if I'm not totally zapped Mm -hmm, by the mm -hmm. end of the day um, to do stuff after after our daughter goes to bed. So maybe we could say like an average is three hours a day. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like right now with those three hours, what are you mostly doing? Right now, it's mostly um, content creation. I'll, I'll write a blog post. Um, I think I tend to have shiny object syndrome, though. And so then I end up working on like the little things that I have on my to-do list that I need to check off, but that aren't really moving the needle. So <laughs> I think I think focusing on the right things will be big, too. So when you say write a blog post, like how often are you doing that? Are you really writing every day or...? No, I'll okay. write usually once a week and then I'll schedule, um, I'll break it down. I try to write one blog post and then break that blog post down into little social posts so it can last the week. Um, and so I've got it. I use later to schedule. So I'll do that. And then um, just planning content too and trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I want to write about next week? And I had done, um, I had done the content planning party but it was earlier in the year, so I need to sit down now that things have changed a bit. 
<laughs> and totally. update that as well. Yeah. I'll put that, you know, as a to-do for you for sure, and then you can share that with me. But I think that mm-hmm. – um you know, three hours a day is plenty, right? Like mm-hmm. we're talking 15 yeah. hours a week at that point. Yeah, yeah. Now, once you start getting more clients and things like that, obviously we're going to make some shifts. But I mean, you can shift with PR on that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, sort of my hope is that as things ramp up with Blissful Budget, then I can um, step away from some of the PR obligations and I'm in a pretty good position because I'm subcontracting. I don't have any direct clients and the agencies that I'm subcontracting with have been really great. And, and one of them's like, you tell me how much you want to mm-hmm. work. So if I want to work less, I'm you know totally free to tell them that. Perfect. So we're in a good situation there in terms of kind of finding that like transition time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Tell me really quick and then we can get into specifics here. But like what is like the ultimate goal here? Like are we – obviously we ha- we having a baby in September, right? Yeah, so what yeah. is what is the goal before then? Like what do you want to kind of see happen here? I'd like to see consistent – at least consistent calls, but ultimately consistent clients coming in for Blissful Budget. I'd love to have some clients pre-booked for – when I come back from maternity leave, I'm going to plan to take probably eight, eight to 12 weeks, depending on how things are going. Um, so I'd love to have people ready to start when I come back and have it be enough that I can either be working less in the PR business or totally out of the PR business um, by then. Okay, beautiful. So, I mean, I think you're in a good position with that as, as far as like being able to pull back as much as you need to with PR, I think that's really helpful that it's not so much of an all or nothing situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that um, feels better to me because it was it was jarring, I guess, when I had pulled out of PR completely and then all of a sudden, you know, needed to book clients for Blissful yep. Budget. And I just felt like I wasn't, in a good place to sell. I was in that real graspy place. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like this, a slower transition might feel better. I mean, even if the transition happens quickly, that's great, but at least I have that (laughs) security net, I guess. So we've mentioned graspy sales here a few times, and I think that's really, really important to just kind of note what we're talking about and why that's such a mindset thing. But it's this idea of when you're kind of in the sales process and you really, really are grasping at that, like you feel like it will mean something about you. You have to make it. And all of this pressure builds up. It's really, really hard to fully show up for that sales process and execute on it because it's so charged, right? So when we think it means something about us or our success or even, you know, what what we can pay for next week or what we can't. There is so much pressure that gets stacked into the sales process. So finding that place mindset wise where you can detach somewhat. And again, like I know we want to make that money and it's not to say that none of it's important, but coming at it from that really graspy place simply stops you from executing a really smart strategy most of the time. And so that's something we'll absolutely be paying attention to and working on is shifting that mindset so that it feels like we can fully show up for that process and so that it feels really good to us. And when that mindset shifts, you guys know what happens. Everything else shifts with it, right? 
totally. And I think that, you know, like it's always like looking at like what is really important to us, right? So for you, like feeling that monetary stability is such a high value point that of course, Mm -hmm. when you like pull it away, you're going to get so screwed in the mindset realm, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. And so that's a beautiful position to be in where like we don't have to do anything that's against your values or your priorities. Like it gets to be both, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in terms of getting the content out there, I mean, I would love to see you posting in other Facebook groups like as soon as possible because I think that this conversation is just wildly relevant. Um, Does that feel possible in the time that you have right now or what comes up for you there? No, it feels possible. And I like having that as a to-do and a a goal because it's one of those things that's always on my list but never gets done. So I think making it a priority will be really good. Yeah, so three to four groups. Okay, so I'll I'll put that in Basecamp and we can kind of talk through that process a little bit more. But I think like there's just nothing more important than getting that content out right now. So that would also include like if you feel ready to pitch to some podcasts or articles or whatever too. Like mm-hmm. I think that this is almost the time to <laughs> – Okay. Right. To blast it everywhere because it's just so in the forefront of everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so this is that time where like your business could absolutely blow up through this. It's just like, can we get it out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What comes up for you when I say that? It's exciting, but scary, I think. And I, you know, one of the things we've talked about is mindset and – um how I have this great mindset for my PR business and it's very detached, but I, I get like a little nervous on the blissful budget side. And a lot of it has to do with not having the like credentials that I have with PR because I went to school for that. And, and a lot of what I do in blissful budget is just from life (laughs) and from, you know, uh, just experience. And so I think there's always the little voice right now that's like, but do you really know what you're talking about? And I know that I do, but there's that's like the one little thing that keeps pulling me back. And I think why posting in Facebook groups has been on the to-do list but hasn't gotten done, you know, so it's working through that too, that little voice. Totally. Tell me a little bit about that because I know we talked about that quite a bit in value-centered sales, like in terms of like it feeling mm-hmm. like should I be getting credentialed or not and how like – that right. almost takes away some of the magic if you already have a process that you believe in, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. But tell me, like, what feels really present with that right now? Like, is it just the idea of, like, people might have something to say and then I don't have a credential to back it up? Or what kind of is the story under the story, so to speak? Yeah, I think it. I think some of it is um, comparison and I probably need to put myself on a little bit of a content detox too but <laughs> ooh i like that you know that's yeah. my favorite okay cuz there's um there's another woman that does something similar here in Atlanta um who's great and she has great content but she's got more of the formal like finance background and so i think i've really let that kind of intimidate me a little bit um but there are so many mm. people who do what i do that are just you know humans who have lived through paying off lots of debt and getting their finances in order. And so I think, you know, I just worry about, I don't know, being called out. Like, I think it's the imposter syndrome, you know, oh, how do you, how do you know that you don't have a finance degree? But 
most of us don't is the thing. Most of us who are living and working with money, we, we don't get a, a formal education in finance. And so a lot of it we have to figure out on our own. And so it's sharing the knowledge that I have figured out. Um, and I've taken some classes too. And, and, you know, obviously had some education around it just on my own, but yeah, it's, it's just that, I think that fear of, of somebody like wanting me to show them my credentials and not having it, but nobody's mm. ever asked me for that. <laughs> so, yeah. So two things come up for me there. One thing that I think is just really important to say, because I feel like it's hard when you've not been on the other side, but like technically I've been on both sides of this mm-hmm. coin, right? I, I do have an MBA and have had a lot of experience in like learning about business, financials, et cetera. And I paid off my own, you know, 200K in student loan debt. And I can tell you hands down for sure, 100% without reservation that I learned way more from paying it off myself than mm-hmm. I ever learned from any fucking thing I learned in business yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's just really important to note. But then the second thing that comes up for me is that what we feel like we have to hide is what will keep mm-hmm. us hiding. Yeah. What we own is what lets us show up. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that does. So my point in saying that is I would actually talk about how you don't have mm-hmm. credentials. <laughs> what comes up for you when I say that? It's a little bit scary, but also, I mean – the content that I resonate most with is, is when people are really real and when they share their stories and, and their stories very similar to mine. And, um, so I, I definitely see the benefit in that. And I also, I mean, I'm a very real person and I don't like pretending. And I felt like for so long when I was working in the corporate world, I felt like I really had to pretend to be this other person. And I don't want to do that with Blissful Budget. I want to be really real and authentic. And I think that'll speak to people. Absolutely. And I think it's like something I always say to clients is control the narrative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? And it's like you control what that means, right? So if you say like, hey, I'm the best person that can help you because I've done this myself and I've done it without a formal education or training. And so I know how to make it really applicable to you if you feel like you don't know shit about money. Mm -hmm. That's controlling the narrative. If you're like, God, I hope they don't find out that I don't have a credential. (laughs) We're not – we're missing the point then, right? Right, right. Yeah, totally. Like some of the value in hiring you is that you don't have all that. You're not going to – push them into a certain philosophy. You're not going to use all these jargony words. You actually are someone who's been there and done that. Like there's so much value there if we decide to tell everyone it's valuable. Do you see what I mean there? I think it's really, really important here to talk about that idea of controlling the narrative, right? And owning things. What I find to be true a hundred times out of a hundred with my clients is if there is something that they're scared for people to know, if they actually just own it and share it themselves and control the narrative around it, they get into such an empowered place and it stops keeping them stuck. When we feel like 
there is something we need to keep under wraps or hide or whatever, we are going to constantly stop ourselves in so many ways, right? And so if you are sitting with something right now and you're saying like, man, like there's just this one thing that really trips me up in business all the time that I really don't want to focus on. I really am worried that people will think something about or, you know, I really have a lot of imposter syndrome around. Go share it (laughs) because that's when things transform. You guys definitely saw that season one with Monica when she kind of just started putting her herself out there and sharing from that really, really vulnerable place that felt like such an edge for her, everything shifted. And the same is true here. Share the things you are scared of and they stop controlling you, right? And when I say control the narrative, I mean, you get to share it in a way that's positive and that you know, has a great spin on it that really serves you, like sharing about how, you know, Rachel's lack of formal training is actually like the thing that's going to serve her clients best is of course a beautiful way that we're going to talk about it. But just the sharing of it, period, is going to be such a transformation for her because she won't feel that constant pressure of being worried about it. I'm not saying it will happen overnight, but I know that that is an edge that we can work through. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I think that's, you know, a big part of what I do is I talk to my clients about how I want to find a system that works for them, you know, not and with money, you can tell people, oh, you should track your spending on a spreadsheet. Well, that doesn't work for everybody. And so it's really finding the system that works for them. And I think that's why not having a credential is really beneficial because I'm not just applying what I learned in, in some money coaching school, you know, to them and to everybody, like a cookie cutter approach. It's very personalized. A hundred percent. And you've probably tried a lot of things yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that's really helpful too, right? You're not like, well, I learned this one way in school. And so that's how we do it. You're like, not only do I not have one singular approach, I've actually tried a shit ton of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, I'll still come across something and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. And then I'll start applying that to, to clients and, um, And so I think having that ability to be fluid and and I'm very much a believer that we're all students, like even if we're in a position of of teaching or coaching, we're always learning. So So here's what I want you to do. You kind of already gave yourself this assignment, but we're going to give it to you for sure, for sure. Which I do want you to do the content detox, but here's why. Less even for the comparison and more so for the fact that like you have to actionably change the the story that you're buying into. And so what I mean by that is like if we're buying into the idea of like, yeah, we just really need more education, we should know a little bit more, da da da, then like consuming all the content is in alignment with that. If we want that story to be different, It has to be like, I know enough, so I don't have to consume all that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's it's much of a mindset practice as anything else. But it's like our action is in alignment with what we want to be true, which is we know enough, right? I love that Rachel brought up the content detox. I didn't even have to. So good, right? 
And it's, it's really so useful because when we take action in alignment with what we want to be true, we see different results. And the content detox is an example of that for Rachel. So what she wants to be true is that she knows enough, even without the formal training, she's good enough, she knows enough, she's ready. And so she can take action in alignment with that, which is like, I don't have to consume a bunch of other content, I know enough, right? So not only does it take down the imposter syndrome, but it actually reinforces enforces the mindset that we want to hold and it puts our action in alignment with that thought process. So if you are someone that's constantly feeling that imposter syndrome or doesn't feel like they know enough or is always consuming other content, not only is the content detox really helpful just in terms of clearing brain space and allowing you to show up and execute more, but it is wildly helpful in terms of alignment and mindset as well. So I really challenge you to give it a try. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that make sense there? Yeah, that makes sense. And that feels really good. I also will ask you, which <laughs> welcome to session one. This is a very annoying question, but it's super relevant <laughs> is what does mindset look like for you right now in terms of like a daily mindset practice? Oh, it's in the toilet right now. <laughs> totally. Um, it, on a good day, it's um, I do have a meditation practice, so I'll try to get up and, and meditate, like even if it's just five minutes. I used to be really great about journaling. I had a gratitude journal. Um, so I feel like there are things that I could definitely start working on, um, especially now that it's been a few weeks sort of in this new normal. And yeah. I feel like we're getting into our groove. So carving out that time to really focus on mindset will be good. So here's what I would say to that. Like, I totally love all of the things that you just said, but like also recognizing like you have two businesses and life has been turned upside down, right? Mm -hmm. I think even something like, have you ever used the Think Up app? No. Mm -hmm. I think that could be really, really useful right now. So it's basically um, an app where you – record your own affirmations. So you write them and record them in your own voice and then it puts it to music and you can just listen to them on repeat. I love that. That's such a useful hack for things like this because it's like you're walking around the block with um, your daughter or you're washing dishes or you're doing other crap that you have to do. Like just to have that playing in the background is really helpful because like our consciousness is or our subconscious is just filtering for that repetition, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if all day long you're hearing things like, I'm completely qualified to do what I do. I help so many people with blissful budget. Clients come to me so easily. Like you're basically brainwashing yourself, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But in the best possible way. Like I think people think that that's like the dark side of mindset or whatever. And it's like, no, that's the whole point. Like Mm -hmm. I want to brainwash myself for what I want to think and be true, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we talk a lot in yoga about how your thoughts become your reality and and Mm -hmm. any – the things you tell yourself become true, so – and there's something really powerful about it being in your own voice, too. Yeah. It literally is the things you're telling yourself, right? Okay, so effectively, mindset is kind of like brainwashing yourself, right? And I think that we can think about that in a really negative way or a really positive way. But I always think about it in a really positive way in terms of like, I get to choose what I think. And so I can brainwash myself into thinking whatever I want to be true. Like that is the magic, right? 
Like I get to pick and then I get to put that in. And then the more I think that, the more it becomes true in my environment. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you know, like my go-to is everything always works out perfectly for me. I've been saying that for years, many times a day. I believe that to like my absolute core that that's true. And that continues to be my life experience so much so that like everyone in my life even reflects that to me. Like even I've said it so much that now even my parents will say that to me. Like I'll tell them something that happened and they're like, wow, everything really has worked out perfectly for you. And I'm like, I know, right? But it's because I have brainwashed myself effectively to believe that to be true. And so now it feels like the truest truth in my life, right? And so that's why I love something like the Think Up app because it is the tool for doing that. Putting in what you want to be true, choosing the thoughts that you want to be thinking and making those feel like absolute truths in your life. There is nothing more powerful that you could be doing. So if you haven't given Think Up app a try, I could not recommend it more. This work is magic, you guys. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So I would say like, even if you can't get to all the other stuff, just playing with that each day because we know this is a very important story to rewrite. We know that because we worked together in value-centered sales and it was there and it's still here, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So reliably, we can tell if we don't write that story, what happens? We're just going to stay stuck, right? Right, right. Does that feel true when I say that? Are you like, oh, but it's so much more than that? Or are you like, oh, it's probably just that? (laughs) No, I think it's, I think mindset is so much of it. I I definitely feel stuck and I think it is, it's like 99% (laughs) because of my mindset around it. So. Okay, beautiful. So let's just start with that. Like uh, we can even share affirmations in Basecamp and kind of play around with what that could look like. But just that small hack of like, could I just listen to this every chance I get when I like don't otherwise need to be, you know, in depth in thought Mm -hmm. or whatever will be so, so useful for you because we know that if you're not feeling like an imposter, what else gets easier? Posting in other groups gets easier, Mm -hmm. creating more of the content owning this, pitching to podcasts, et cetera, right? Like all of that creates the result, but the ease in doing all of that comes from mindset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Does that feel pretty good? That feels great. Yeah. That feels really true. So let's just start with kind of those basic things. Like we can relook at the content plan. Let's try to post daily. For sure, for sure, content detox. (laughs) (laughs) right? And the Think Up app. That's it. Like, so in those three hours a day, all you're doing is writing, posting, or engaging right now. Like, that's literally it. It doesn't mean we're not going to add to it. But for now, you're working on the plan, you're writing it, or you're posting it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does yeah, that, that feels good. feel like, okay, I can pretty immediately go out and do that? Or are you like, I'm still kind of in enough resistance that it feels hard still to think about posting right away? No, I can do it. I'm, I'm ready to post. And, um, and the content creation is sort of the easiest part right now. So I'll probably post it and then run away from the computer for a while, but (laughs) I can do it. Totally. Okay. And so then if we kind of get into that flow, like it might take a week or it might take two weeks or whatever, and we're like, okay, we're really consistently on this plan. It feels really good. We're posting the writing t- 
time should be shrinking if we have a plan because it should be getting easier, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Then we have all this room to be like, so what else? Like, are we getting people on calls? Are we pitching more podcasts? Are we reaching out in other ways? Like, what's the game plan from there once the foundation is set, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, we can talk about it more, but I'd like to start generating more calls again and, and really getting that going. Totally. And I think what's really helpful to see here and what's nice about that is like, we almost like our first job is to create the space for the calls, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So if we get this plan flowing really well and it feels like, oh, it's like taking me 30 minutes a day to post. I write my content on one day. So effectively I have whatever, six spots a week mm-hmm. for these calls. Well, that's a game changer at that point because now we know what we're filling. But right now, if it feels like, oh, but if I have the calls, then I'm probably not going to post in the group and vice versa and it gets all messy really quickly, that's when we like tend to shut down and push it away. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So last question for you, which is um, in terms of kind of next steps and, and filling out Blissful Budget, like is that definitely through a one-on-one capacity or is there anything else that's on your mind there? I've been working mostly one-on-one. I do have a, a course that I've run a couple of times a year, um, which is a lower price point and, um, you know, a little more accessible for folks that I, I would like to eventually do, do either that one or turn it into more of a group program. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth on my model, on my business model and, and also the pricing, um, which we can talk more about sometime, but, um, you know, one-on-one is really powerful, especially because it's so personal and money is so personal and hard for folks to talk about. But then some people really like having the, um, camaraderie and accountability in a group program and knowing that there are other people going through this too. So I've sort of toyed in my mind with what that could look like. Um, and then, you know, on the blog side, just generating some passive income too. And I have a workbook that I sell that, um, I really haven't been pushing that either, but so there's, there's a few ideas in the works there too. I love that. So something to to talk about next time is to kind of like really go through that in depth because it's like if we're getting really clear on this content plan, we're getting it more places, we're pitching, we want to know for sure like where are we sending them after mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what actually makes the most sense for you, makes the most sense for your audience, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I would love for you to just shoot me that workbook so I can see um, – yeah what we have for that front end funnel so that I'll have a little more context when we talk on it next time. But just shoot me that this week so I can take a, a look at it. Yeah, definitely. I'll send that over to you. And then I have like a little um, freebie opt-in. I'll send that to you so you can look at it too. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'll put on your uh, to-dos to send me a workbook and opt-in. So basically – This week is just about setting that foundation again, getting you other places. Next week, refining programs, getting more calls booked, and then we'll go from there. Does that feel good? That feels great. Beautiful. Thank you so much. This was awesome. I'm so freaking excited to start this. And I feel like you are in such a good position now more than ever, honestly, to make this really, really explode. Thank you. I'm so excited. 
Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.